On today's episode, new research into strength training for runners. Welcome to the podcast, helping you train, rehab, and run smarter. When I first started running in my 20s, I knew it would be something I'd be passionate about for the rest of my life. But unfortunately, developing injury after injury disrupted my progress and left me undertrained at the start line on race day. Even with my knowledge as a physio, I still fell victim to the vicious injury cycle and when searching for answers, struggled to decipher between common running myths and evidence-based guidance. That's what this podcast is here to help you with. So join me as a Run Smarter Scholar and let's break the injury cycle by raising your running IQ and achieving running feats you never thought possible. Welcome back, Run Smarter Scholars. Um, this year, I plan to just reevaluating my <laughs> goals and my approach and self-reflecting on last year. Um, I have made a conscious effort at the moment to um, dive more into research, uh, have more interviews with researchers. And one thing that I think really differentiates myself from other YouTube channels and runners and what I get the most, I guess, feedback on is that, you know, you follow the evidence and up to date with the evidence. And I really want to just lean more into that over 2024. Yes, we'll still have success stories. Yes, we'll still have other, um, you know, types of episodes that we have, like the the pro runner insights, that's still going to exist. Um, but Looking back, I think I've been a little bit lazy over 2023 with um, keeping up to date with the research. And so I have scheduled out um, alerts, messages, alerts for new research that does come out. I'm now getting updates every week, every Monday morning uh, in my inbox will be new research papers that have been released for that week, all looking at running and runners and marathon runners and all that sort of stuff, increasing your performance, decreasing risk of injury, how to overcome tendinopathies and those sorts of things. Um, And then I'll be sifting through what's relevant and releasing either onto YouTube or onto the email list or onto the podcast um, what I think might be beneficial to help you increase your running performance safely, reduce your risk of injuries, overcome injuries and those sorts of things. And so... um, that's just been a recent shift and, you know, these, this episode um, already has some content last week. Um, this paper landed on my desk and I think it was something really relevant. The sort of shifting, slightly shifting my advice about strength training for runners. And so I thought I'd share it on this podcast, um, but wanted to start with a bit of a, a journey as to my current understanding, or at least like the last couple of years, what my understanding has been about strength training to improve running performance and um, just bring you up to speed on that and then why this new paper has gradually shifted, um, gently shifted my advice. And so um, the paper that I will be referring to is was just released a few weeks ago, um, January 2024. The title is Effect on the effect of strength training programs in middle and long distance runners and economy at different running speeds. 
it's a systematic review and meta-analysis. And so I'll get back to that. Um, all of these titles are going to sound a little bit the same. Um, but my very first uh, best understanding, which still holds true to this day, um, was a 2019 paper. It was called The Effects of Complex Training. And they used the complex training to mean like heavy strength training mixed with a little bit of plyometrics. So because those combine the two, they kind of pair those two regimes. They called that the complex group. And so the effects of complex training versus heavy resistance training on neuromuscular adaptation, running economy, and 5K performance in well-trained distance runners. It's a very long title, sort of gets the point across. But what they did was divide uh, groups up into three different strength training groups. One was the... Um, what we would call low a high high rep low weight group where they did back squats they did bulgarian squats which would have like your back foot elevated onto a bench or something a split squat rear foot elevated split squat whatever you want to call those and a romanian deadlift the sets and reps were like five sets of 20 um five sets of well five sets of 20 for the back squat for the deadlifts and five sets of 15 each side for the split squat. And the weight was around about 40% of their one rep max. So the maximum amount you can lift in one for one rep and then just 40% of that. So not very heavy, which is why they're doing this really high rep stuff. But then they have the heavy strength group. They still did the same exercises. They did the Bulgarian split squat, the back squat, the Romanian deadlifts, but now they're doing five sets of five and doing 80 to 85% of their one rep max. So obviously the weights are, are very different, um, but then we have the complex group, the ones that are doing the back squats, the Bulgarian squats, the split squats. They're still doing the same weight as the, the heavy strength group, um, but they're changing things up slightly um, and adding in a plyometric complement. So for example, they would do their back squats, three sets of five, but then they would do a drop jump from a 40 centimeter box, three sets of six. After they do the split squats, they would do single leg hopping, just body weight, um, three sets of six on each side. And for the, after the deadlifts, they would do a double leg hurdle hop. They're hurdling over 50 centimeter, 50 centimeter hurdles, three sets of six. So then we have that, those three groups. And what they found was after the training period, they had a, the participants that were in the complex group and the heavy strength group, they showed a significant improvement in their running economy. Uh, when running at 12 kilometers per hour and 14 kilometers per hour. Let me change that to, let's find some conversions. So the 12 kilometers per hour is like seven and a half miles per hour and about eight and a half miles per hour, if you're familiar with that. Um, so showed improvements running at those speeds. They also said that the running economy impr improvement in the complex and heavy groups 
could be attributed to neuromuscular adaptations. So when you lift really, really heavy, um, those neuromuscular adaptations enhance. And they also say that the multi-joint and closed chain high load exercises, such as a back squat, increases the maximum force and peak power, theoretically allowing athletes to maintain constant speed and to perform each running action at a relatively lower force ratio because you can produce more force, but you're not heavier. And so your force ratio changes and therefore you could probably push out running speeds better, I guess is what they're they're concluding. Um, But the high rep group didn't show any improvements. And so this sort of leads... I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, so this is probably nothing new to you, but a lot of people, a lot of runners who aren't, who are none the wiser, sort of gravitate towards high rep body weight type of exercises, three sets of 20, four sets of 20, um, to improve their running, body weight calf raises, body weight lunges, body weight squats, but research will show that you're better off doing the heavier stuff. Um, but that was for 5k performance. They're looking at, um, based on the title, they're looking at running economy of 5k performance in well-trained distance runners. A couple of years later, new paper comes out looking at marathon runners and the protocols, strangely similar. They have, the title is concurrent complex and endurance training for recreational marathon runners the effects on neuromuscular and running performance, pretty much similar setup, and they found similar findings. Their findings were both the complex and heavy strength group resulted in greater improvements in eccentric strength and running economy compared to the concurrent low-intensity endurance strength training. So based on those two papers, my advice for a long time has been, okay, let's gravitate towards squats, deadlifts, Maybe a split squat, a lunge, a step up, one of those three that kind of mimics kind of like a single leg something. Um, A lot of people sort of, um, they don't like doing squats and deadlifts because it doesn't look like running. They say, you know, strength training should, the exercise you do should look like what running looks like. Um, I don't necessarily find that to be the case. I think there's very good crossover into doing squats, but the single leg variation stuff, I would say, comes in the form of lunges, a split squat, or a weighted step up. One of those, pick one of those three, and that can be slotted into the four that I recommend, which is squats, deadlifts, lunges, and calf raises. Typically, bent knee calf raises. Um, I would gravitate towards that. So, this might have been my advice for a long time, still is to this day. Hovering around, I would have said like three sets of eight to 10 reps. Sometimes if someone's really experienced, I would say let's do four sets, but hover around six reps. A lot of these exercises, um, the heavy strength group, they did five sets of five. Um, In the complex group, it was more like three sets of five or three sets of six. Um, So, you know, thereabouts. And I would say if you're really experienced, maybe you want to hover around that as well. Me personally, when I do my squats and deadlifts and lunges, I'm now hovering around four sets of six. 
uh, feel great afterwards, feel great doing it, feel like it's a good amount of weight. Um, but I know everyone's different. Um, I can't say that that will be the same case for everyone. Some people might back off the weight slightly and do three sets of 10, three sets of eight, hover around that. Um, but I wouldn't really want to go heavier than that. Uh, I wouldn't want to go higher reps than that because that just means you're getting to lighter weights or you're not challenging yourself enough and we're not going to see those benefits that we see in these papers. Um, so been my advice for a long time. Along comes just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign up link is in the show notes. So fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Another paper, 2022. So we're talking two years later after this and the title is Heavy Resistance Training versus Plyometric Training for Improving Running Economy and Running Time Trial Performance. It's a systematic review and it's a meta-analysis. Um, I should, for those who aren't familiar, so a systematic review is just compiling a whole bunch of studies within someone's inclusion criteria. So the researchers will say, we want to look at strength training for runners. Let's go out there and find all the papers that have previously been published on this paper and we need to have a certain inclusion criteria. Let's just say they need to be recreational runners between the ages of 18 and 65. They have to be, um, the, in these papers, they need to specify what weights, sets, reps. They need to follow the program for at least six weeks. They need to have a certain amount of compliance and they just need to find out, generate an inclusion criteria. They go out there, they see how many papers fit that inclusion criteria, they sift it all down. Then once they have a bunch of papers that they're happy with, they then come to conclusions based on the compiling of those papers. And the meta-analysis kind of just um, compiles all the data and sort of puts it into one paper, which just means that they need the exact numbers, sets, reps, weights, sometimes rest periods, in terms of the outcomes, okay, if we're looking at running performance, maybe the, the paper itself that we include needs to look at running economy or a time trial or marathon times or something so that they can gather all that data and actually put it into something that's like one graph of data. So um, that's what they've done with this paper. And all of these papers are going to be slightly different because their inclusion criteria is going to be slightly different. Um, their focus is going to be slightly different. Um, but they had three main findings. Finding number one, heavy resistance training is an adjunct to run running training um, and would be more effective in improving running economy and running performance than plyometric training. So this paper itself says that heavy resistance training outperforms plyometric training in regards to improving running economy. Finding number two, resistance training with nearly maximal load, and they put in brackets here, either 90, more than 90% of your one rep max, or less than four RM repetition max would be more beneficial or be more effective to improve running economy. And they say that heavy resistance and plyometric training should be conducted in over 10 weeks 
to better improve running economy. So here they have some specifics. What we knew previously was, okay, heavy strength training is good. Heavy strength training combined with plyometrics is also good. Um, this one seems to think heavy strength training slightly outperforms plyometric training um, when separated out, when, when they separate them out. All that we knew previously was that a complex group, which combines the two of heavy strength and um, plyometric sort of stuff, you know, does well. But this one's like separating out the two. But now they're saying, okay, heavy strength works, but the heavier you go, you're probably going to get more and more benefit. Uh, we're talking really heavy loads. The The previous load looked at 80 to 85% of your 1RM. This one's saying more than 90% of your 1RM may even be better or less than four of your repetition max. So if we're looking at um, taking my example, I said that I usually do for my squats and deadlifts, I usually do about four sets of six, but that's not my six rep max. Um, the weights that I lift, if I'm being really honest with myself, is probably like a 10 rep max. Um, so if I finish my set, I've probably got about three or four reps left in me before I totally max out and cannot do another rep. So um, it, even though I'm doing four sets of six and it's a, a really heavy weight, it's it's not like I'm close to a, a rep max or anything like that. This one says, you know, you should be working at less than four RM. So let's just say my my four repetition max for my squat. What am I doing currently for my squat? About 85 kilograms. So I weigh, what do I weigh? 68 kilograms. So I'm 17 kilograms above my body weight. Um, and let's just say my one rep max, the max I could totally push out is about maybe 115. That's one rep. What if I could push out my four rep max is maybe 95 kilograms. I should be doing this in pounds. I don't know. Um, 95 kilograms. So they're looking at maybe if I do less than my one RM, so somewhere between 95 and 115 kilograms, I'd be, that would be more advantageous than doing what I'm currently doing. So very interesting stuff. Um, it's like the first paper I've seen where they've actually advised people to actually go really, really heavy. Um, but the other one that, that they added in was that resistance training and plyometric training should be conducted over by more than 10 weeks. So it takes 10 weeks to sort of develop these qualities to better improve running economy. Um, so that's a good time frame for a lot of people. Um, so I thought that might be, uh, yeah, so some good insights for you. Okay. That's where we're up to now. Last week, this paper turns up on my desk. The title is the effective strength training programs in middle and long distance runners economy at different running speeds, a systematic review and meta-analysis. So again, we have a systematic review. This is an open source. Um, if you wanted to type in that title, you'd be able to get the PDF of this paper. They have some key points that I want to talk through and then um, talk about my thoughts at the end. So some key points. 
the combination of two or more strength training regimes or strength training methods, they put um, high load training and plyometric training, may induce greater running economy improvement compared to isolated training programs. Okay, we know that that's nothing new. They say, um, another key finding, strength training with high loads, more than 80% of 1RM, can improve running economy and might be particularly effective in athletes running at high speeds, in brackets, more than 12 kilometers per hour, and slash or possessing a well-developed VO2 max. This is tied in with the third point, which says that plyometric training could improve running economy at less than 12 kilometers per hour. Again, let me do my um, kilometers per hour to miles per hour because they use um, 12 kilometers. So we're looking at seven and a half miles per hour and whether you're running above or below that. So 12 kilometers per hour or seven and a half miles per hour. This paper is now saying that if you are a runner that runs faster than 12 kilometers per hour, you may be more, it may be more effective to do the high load stuff or you would favor the high load stuff more. But if you're a slower runner running slower than 12 kilometers per hour or seven and a half miles, it may possess you to, you may be possessed to gravitate more towards the plyometric training to improve your running economy. I should put in brackets here, their fourth point did say that these results are based on 31 studies with moderate to low certainty of evidence for the main outcomes. And it says involves a total of 652 middle and long distance runners. So that sample size is quite large. Um, but they're saying based on the quality of the evidence, um, they come up with these conclusions, but their confidence in them or the there's moderate to low certainty. So we do need to be careful with this, but this is a really interesting finding. And what it might mean for us is that all runners should be doing the slow, heavy stuff. But based on how fast you run, you may want to, it depends how much you want to gravitate towards the plyometrics or not. And this is still a conversation. Literally this morning I was on um, my Twitter feed and this paper popped up again and have some academics sort of puzzled or conflicted or having the conversation of why this they've, they've found this because theoretically like plyometrics should help the really faster runners build up their quality. Um, but this is just what I'm sort of relaying to you and maybe it might help second guess your, uh, or maybe make some tweaks in your program. Maybe it's slightly lifting heavier or maybe, you know, progressing towards the heavier, lower reps. Maybe it's adding in one or two plyometric exercises a couple times a week. Um, and so if you are a faster runner, if we're following the advice of this paper, let's say you run a bit faster and you've got a large aerobic capacity, you'd be doing your heavy strength training. You'd be doing your squats, deadlifts, lunges, calf raises. If you've got a lot of experience in the gym and you are quite used to lifting heavy, you will be doing your um, sets and reps, the three to four sets, 
six to eight reps twice a week, or you could sub out once a week. You might once a week you might want to do something really heavy, so maybe do one session that's something like less than a four rep max. Um, but then the other one session might be around that six to eight rep range. And then you might want to add in one plyometric exercise. That's for the fast runners with large aerobic capacities. If you're a slower runner, just plot around um, wanting to improve, maybe a, a marathoner or an ultra runner, um, and you're just sort of jogging around the park. Yes, you still want to be doing your heavy strength, squats, deadlifts, lunges, calf raises. You might be doing three sets or four sets, maybe the 10 rep range twice a week. But then maybe once a week, you might want to go slightly heavier. Maybe do, you want to have a go at doing four sets of six to eight reps um, if you have enough experience. But like, again, if we're going off the um, advice of this paper, maybe you want to add in two or three plyometrics. So leaning in more into the plyometrics than the really heavy, fast, high aerobic capacity type of group. Um, a good plyometric exercise uh, would be just like jump rope skipping, we call it here in Australia, which um, North American folk don't really get. But <clears throat> jump rope, um, there was another paper came out last year. The title was Progressive Daily Hopping Exercise Improved Running Economy in Amateur Runners. And it's a randomized and controlled trial. Um, it listed a six-week program of how they their week one all the way down to week six, how they progressed in those six weeks to help with their running economy. They did tests before and after. They did a control group. They had an intervention group, pretty well structured and yeah, showed significant improvements. Um, and th they just did that, that hopping per day. I will say um, last week I did an exclusive episode with the patrons of this podcast and we broke down that paper. We talked through the, the protocol and uh, exactly what was included week by week, the rest periods, uh, all that sort of stuff, and the benefits. So I don't want to dive too much into those specifics. Um, I don't want to devalue that exclusive content, but if you want to become a patron, you can always join, sign up, and binge all the exclusive episodes that are available. Um, and so... Don't want to devalue that, but just so you know, some good plyometric exercises. You've got jumps, you've got hurdles, you've got hopping, um, and you know you might want to consider that. And based on this episode, you might want to make some slight adjustments. Um, I think, myself included, we can become quite complacent in the gym. We all want to improve our running. We all want to run faster. Um, and all of this evidence is showing heavy strength training is good, Heavier strength training is good. Plyometrics is also good. So maybe this is just a reminder. Um, I think we can become a bit complacent. We always love running further. We always love running faster. We always love hills and like speed work and all those sort of things and seeing benefits that way. But we can become quite complacent in the gym, sticking to the same exercises, same weights, same sets, reps, and all those sorts of things. Um, and so maybe this is just a little reminder to make some slight adjustments for a better 2024. So hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, like I say, I'm going to focus a lot more attention and energy into bringing you the latest 
research that's coming out and have some good discussions around it. So look, I'm looking forward to delivering that to you in 2024 and I'd like to know your feedback. So reach out, let me know and we'll catch you in the next episode. If you are struggling to overcome an injury, you can jump on a free 20 minute injury chat with me, which you can book through my calendar in the show notes. While you're in the show notes, elevate your running IQ by jumping onto my free email list so you can receive material to help rehab your injury, lower your injury risk, and increase your performance. If emails aren't for you, consider my Facebook group, Instagram, and YouTube channels. And remember, each insight you get from these resources brings you one step closer to your next running breakthrough. Mm-hmm.